subatomic gigantic occasion was a sweep in Japan nation when along came a dude with an ultra attitude, a common Morado, the greatest kicker of Japan. And of all man. Last you short now, baby. To not talk big now, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me as always, my co-host... Hello, everyone. I am Rex. And we are back, little late, but we are back with our second episode of the February month. Yes. <laughs> now, it's been a little bit of a delay. This has actually kind of been a difficult episode to record because of technology problems, but after, like, three weeks of, like, me trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing, I finally got my act together and got to figure it figured out. Mm. But was it worth it? That is the question. To be or not to be. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, I guess we can go ahead and jump in here and be like, hey, what's up, Rex? Like, how have you been? We haven't uh, talked in a little while. Yeah, no, I've been pretty good for the most part. I've actually good. been somewhat busy in life, crazily enough. <laughs> crazily? That's a new word, crazily. <laughs> yes, my new invention. Yes. A uh, what a, so, like, anything, like, cool, like, busy-wise, or? Um, mostly just me uh, working out at the gym. Ah, uh, you're becoming life. a gym guy. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be that buff Godzilla fan that's like screaming into a microphone one day. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. You're gonna, But you're also going to be bald. Yeah. Like you're going to be that, that buff dude that's bald and you're like screaming into the microphone on how somebody's wrong with their opinion. Yeah, well, sacrifices have to be made sometimes. Yes, yes. You're going to officially become the true... The true Joe Rogan of the <laughs> Godzilla community. <laughs> oh, dear God. I thought that was your title. I mean, sure. like, uh, But I, I'm not going to do that. Though I do need to go to the gym. I do mm. need to go to the gym. Good times, particularly if you have buddies. Yeah, see, I don't. Oh, well, get them on the grind set. <laughs> My one friend who we had talked about going to the gym, he was like, I already work out. It's my job. And I was like, well, you can still come to the gym, right? And he was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to the gym. Nice. I was like, you sure? Like, you want to, you want to, you just want to go with me? And he was like, no. So I think I might just buy myself like a bench press set and all that and just do it at home to save myself public interaction i mean who are you going to interact with other than the gym staff i mean but like it's weird like i, I don't like no. the idea of people watching me do squats no, no don't worry no one no one's going to really be paying attention to you because like, i pay attention when i go to the community center and look at people working out okay then um that's you but generally, even if someone is pay, does watch you, they're probably watching more for your safety because you're new and probably inexperienced. Yeah, but I, I, just, I don't know. There's just something about that. that like, 
Like, I'm just going solely for legs. Like, <laughs> uh, the, the, the highly acclaimed delight day. Yes, yes. But besides the gym, what, uh, what else have you been doing? Uh, not too much. I went, went to, uh, a, a beach, an alleged beach the other day and, um, got to hold a carpet python, which was pretty cool. So a little turtle that I kept calling Gamera. <laughs> uh, as, as kaiju fans do. Yeah. Um, yeah, not too much outside of that. I've watched a couple movies here and there. Any tokusatsu? Yes, actually. Um, last time I believe I said I was watching Kamen Rider, and just today I've gotten up to episode 72. So, so that's I've, almost three-fourths of the way through. I've got 26 episodes remaining. You're almost there. Yep, and I watched the Kamen Rider vs. Ambassador Hell movie as well. Yes, you, you talked about that last time. No, I talked about Kamen Rider vs. Shaka last time. Oh, wait, there's two, there's two movies? Technically there's three, but like the first one is just an, it's just like a theatrical like release of episode 13. Mm -hmm. But these two were like original productions. And I gotta say the 4k transfers for both of them look absolutely gorgeous. Huh. Like, Better, like I'd argue, they look better than most of the 4K Godzilla transfers. Dang, that's that's a pretty like Ghidorah and like 54 look stunning. Hmm. Both of us Godzilla does too as well. Oh, when Toho was doing Godzilla 4K transfers, those those that was the good time. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Outside of that, I watched. Um, Japan Sinks, the original 1973 show, uh, movie, sorry. Um, very, very well-directed feature with some pretty beautiful shots at certain points and really good acting from, like, Kamen Rider star Hiroshi Fujioka and a few other actors. Now, that w wasn't that a Fukuda film? Uh, no, I, I was looking it up. Uh, earlier, and I and apparently it's Shiro Moritani who directed okay. it. Okay, I'm not really familiar with any of his other work. Um, Likewise, but it but if this is any indication, he's a fairly talented director, I'd say. <laughs> hmm. See, I've always wanted to watch that one. That one in like the Last War, like those. Yeah, I need a disaster. Those disaster films of the 1970s, like, mm. that Toho put out? Well, Last War but... was 60s, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. But Submersion of Japan, like, there's a lot of those, like, early 70s, like, toku films that, that Toho made that were, like, kind of left field, like, uh, Blood Type Blue and Espy especially come to mind as well. Yeah. That I'd love to watch those just just to see what toho was doing i mean i mean obviously they did like the bloodthirsty trilogy yeah which you know i'd love to cover those one day because those are they're very interesting like they're a very interesting set of films i'm still yet to see them actually <laughs> all i know is that like the main vampire in one or two of them is um 
Go's best friend from Return of Ultraman. He is. That is true. And wasn't he in um, one of the Mechagodzilla films? Like one of yes, 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 yes. He was. I think it was the f- first 74? one. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember him in one of them. I definitely do. But admittedly, it's been a while since I've seen seventy four. Yeah, I watched seventy five more than I watched seventy four. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> I I I I just I can't get enough of terror. You know. You know. I mean, fair enough. Honestly. It's a pretty, pretty great film. But you, so would you recommend Submersion of Japan to anybody? Oh, definitely. I for me, it's a little long. It's kind of, it's not something I'd actively want to rewatch. But in spite of that, I still think it's a it's a very well put together film. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now you just got to watch the TV show and the Higuchi remake. Uh, I've well, there's. The Higuchi remake, the the TV show, the uh, the most recent TV show with Shinoguri and Jun Kunimura, and then there's the anime from the director of Devilman Crybaby. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know about that one. And I mean, if you want to be a true submersion of Japan fan, you read the book. You got to. <laughs> Well, that and you got to watch the Kawasaki parody film, The World ah, Sinks yes. Except Japan. <laughs> yes. Mm. With a cameo by Hitler. Excuse me, what? A lot of Kawasaki's films have like dictators and like awful characters that are in like real life and history that just appear. Hitler is one of them. Did Kawasaki direct them. Monster X Strikes Back? Yes. Yes, okay, he did. Okay. Because I was going to say, that just reminds me of like... Kim Jong-un? Yeah, the North Korean. <laughs> just yes, yes. Kawasaki loves doing that for some reason. Oh my god, Lily Frankie's in that um, Monster X Strikes Back. Huh. What was she in? Uh, he was in um, Shoplifters. Um, which is, oh, like I, I watched that recently as well. That was really good. I don't remember. I feel like you might've mentioned that with cutie honey, but no, I don't, no, I don't remember. I only watched this like, like a week ago today, actually. <laughs> gotcha. So you must've messaged me or posted something. Cause I, maybe, I know you you had mentioned in the discord probably. Um, probably. Yeah. Cause I, I remember you posting or something saying you were watching it. Yeah. I mean, I've watched a decent bit of films. Not as much as, like, the last few months, but, like, I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of relate. I've uh, I've been working a lot, like, a lot more than normal. I haven't had a... I, you, right now, I only get one day off a week, mm. which sucks yeah. when you do, like, nine, ten-hour days. And then you still have to, like, sleep, which for me, sleep has not existed. Mm. After this recording, I will be up for 30 hours. Like, after this, I will have to stay up, and I will be up for 30 hours, and it will be awful. Mm. But, uh... Well, at least... At least you get a decent pay, I imagine. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with my paychecks. (laughs) 
You sound like it, they, you sound like you're gonna say it could be better. It could be better. After today, I kind of wish I got paid more. I was really, really grumpy today. <laughs> I There's an alternate timeline. What? I wonder if that has something to do with your sleep schedule. It had to do with the sleep schedule, the fact that after 6 p.m., we close at 11. After 6 p.m., I had nobody helping me, so I had to run the entire department by myself with, like, people pulling me left and right for six hours, essentially. Mm. Like, it sucked. It was awful. Mm. There's an alternate timeline where, like, I was ready to go, like, right after work, and I did this recording as a grumpy individual. Very grumpy. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Yeah. And then we'd have a whole nother rant about my awful day. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. These things happen. Um, yes, and God then I lose my voice again. God damn it! I've been getting close to to not saying that anymore. Yeah, well, you know there. these I'm things. Almost, no, no, they they no, happen. Don't infect me. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just it happens. But uh, no, I've been working a lot too. Um, I've been trying to get together like working on like balancing out my life which is kind of difficult when you're me and you're running 500 things at once yeah uh you know i've got the podcast i work for kaiju ramen i got a full-time job and i've been working on a short film that's actually something i've been working on as of lately is uh filming my most uh recent uh short film hmm which I just revealed the title. It's titled Boxed In. It's a horror short film inspired by the 1980s no-budget horror films. Uh, And, like, I've been really happy with it. Uh, Last night, I got to film uh, almost the rest of it. Yeah. And part of it included me hanging out of my car's backseat window filming at like three in the morning as we're driving down a highway at like 50 miles per hour. (laughs) And these cars are just passing us. And I'm thinking the whole time, I hope to God a cop does not pull, like come around this corner and see this. I'm not wearing a seatbelt. It is definitely illegal to have half my body (laughs) hanging out this door. And we are definitely speeding. So it was like, it was a recipe for like a felony or something. I don't know. Ah, you'll be fine. But it was a ton of fun. And like, I got some great shots and my, my actor was like, you really are happy with these shots. I was like, yes, these are perfect. These are exactly what I wanted. (laughs) It was just a great, it was great. I loved every second of it. So I've been working on that planning uh all monsters attack i'm gonna go for kaiju ramen and i've been planning g fest i might have a panel or two going on we'll see i've been i've been uh working and drafting on that stuff Ooh. we'll have to see so <laughs> yeah we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see if anything happens and hopefully maybe we can get a recording of it or something hmm. but yeah, no, and then I've been working on the podcast, just trying to get it to up to par. The only tokusatsu I've watched that's new is I watched uh, Sion, 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 Sona? Sona? 
Sion Sono's X-Day hair extensions. Nice. Um, I'd like to watch more of his films, ignoring you, you the, really uh, the allegations. I actually just found out that Discotech is releasing Suicide Club to Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Didn't so, we announce that with, like, um, Black RX announcement? Yes. So now I'm, th- I'm thinking about picking that up. Mm. Um, so like love exposure. Yes, yes. I'd love for Love and Peace to get picked up. I, I'm waiting for that announcement. Bro, you will, you will like love it. You will like. Why don't you play in hell? Love and peace, and I'm and I don't doubt you'd enjoy love exposure. You'd certainly get some. You'd get some laughs out of love exposure. <laughs> I I'm really excited for why don't you play in hell? Like that's probably my most anticipated of his. Mm, it's really good. I I love that movie. But yeah, and then I I feel like I watched another movie, but I don't. Ah, oh, well, I I also watched another movie. Um, it 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 was like this two thousand five era era Japanese film. You know, hmm. Hmm. we've been covering a lot of two um, thousands ish era films recently. Noticed. Yeah, we we have we've we've done. Uh, I mean, like we did Devil Man, which was two thousand and four. Cutie Honey, which was two thousand and four. Um, <laughs> that's two. <laughs> that's two. There's two. There's there more. Hmm. I, I looked at the schedule, and our next film is also from the two thousands. Crazily enough. Um. So, like, the next, like, what we're covering now or, like, what we're going to cover? What we're going to cover. But I, I have oh. a creeping suspicion what we're covering today might also be from around the same time period. Look, man, I'm I'm really tired. You're going to have to help me out here. Like, I'm struggle-bussing it. I can tell. Well, what are your thoughts on actor Yukijiro Hotaru? Oh, my God, he's, like, the greatest, like, tokusatsu actor in the history of the world. Like, mm-hmm. Agreed. the dude's got the charisma of a god. Mm-hmm. He's he's the, he's the funny butler from Gara, Gonza. I love him. <laughs> um, we should cover a film he was in. I feel like that'd be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, even if it was a minor role, um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I recently watched a film that actually had him. In a minor role. And it was from 2005, so one year after Cutie Honey. Um, It was called Ashura. Oh, that movie, yes. With, uh, it was, oh, it was directed by Yuji Hayashida, right? Or no, 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 no. I don't think it was Hayashida. It was Yojiro Takita. Yes, and he directed the Onmyuji duology. He is also an Oscar award winner. Really? What for? What film? Uh, Departures. He won Best Foreign Film in two thousand eight. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> that I didn't know that. Mm. An award-winning tokusatsu director. Yes, who I believe also got a start on through Pink Films. I think. I believe so. I believe mm. so. I mean, I mean, hey, I'm not judging. Kaneko started through Pink Films, and you know, we got. Brandon I mean, Riddley Scott 
I mean, not pink films, but Ridley Scott also started with with pornos and whatnot. So. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, you know. So I mean, he it's, really, it's, he, really it's learned, he really learned his visual tricks there, didn't he? Actually, <laughs> yes. Like I, on on the commentary for Alien, like there's actually a whole conversation about how like his how he learned how to like have the camera linger, but like still move, but not disturb what was on screen like came from his his early years huh well you know <laughs> it was very interesting but uh ashura no that that's a pretty you know i feel like that's it's a love story too like that would be perfect for valentine's day in february yeah even though valentine's has passed <laughs> thankfully what <laughs> i didn't say anything so, do you think we could cover that? Should we stop and watch the movie? Well, I've already seen it. I don't know about you. You know, it's funny because I just looked to, on my desk and I, I, I just had it in my new disk drive. Whoa! So I, I just watched it too. It's almost like we were fated to cover it. It's yes, it's like, like we planned it. It's like there was a, a the string of. It's almost like we ha- there were some technical difficulties we had with this film as well. So, without with, with no longer beating around the bush, <laughs> I feel like I feel like this one got extended way too long. I agree. Uh, we are covering the two thousand and five film Ashura. Yes, it actually was really difficult because Rex has no way of watching this, so we had to figure out how to like get him to watch it Mm. and we'll see if he regrets watching it or not Mm. was it worth the trouble so Ashura is actually it's a very long film it's actually almost two hours long which Mm -hmm. is I want to say the longest film we've covered in a while is it? I mean I'm pretty sure hmm I mean, I guess out of our recent ones, sure, because we mm-hmm. usually cover like ninety-minute flicks, and the last two like long-ish films we've covered was probably like Shin Ultraman and Godzilla vs Kong, maybe. Yeah, but neither of them were two hours. Mm. I mean, Shin Ultraman was decently close. It was, it was, but it was not as close as Ashura, so. Only by like five minutes. This is true, but five minutes <laughs> means a lot. <laughs> well, maybe for you, I suppose that's true. Actually, no, Devil Man was like almost two hours, wasn't it? Dude, that thing was like an eternity. Like, I'm just, <laughs> there's, there's no like, uh. <laughs> but Ashura was actually. Um, because you know we're talking about its length, it was actually based off of a Kabuki stage play. Yes, uh, yeah. from 1987, which eventually, you know, with plays like you couldn't rewatch them. So in 2000 they redid it, and then in 2003 they did it once again because it was such a well liked play. Yeah. So I mean, th- it was from um, oh, what's his name, Kazuki. It was from the ride. Written by the writer of um, Kill la Kill, Gurren Lagann, which was some pretty um, 
pretty well Kazuki Nakashima. Yes. Some pretty well-regarded mm-hmm. anime. He also was the head writer on Kamen Rider Forze, I believe. And Double. He wasn't head writer on that, but he did oh. write that, yes. And some episodes and he, of Max. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Junken Sentai Geki Ranger. He worked on that one as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and to bring this back to what we were talking about early 2000s, he also was a writer on R.E. Cutie Hunting, which yes. was which was the anime that Anna worked on, which she then partially adapted into the Cutie Honey film. Pretty sure it was the other way around. Pretty sure. Because I'm pretty sure Ari Cutie Honey was like either a sequel or like an adaptation of the film in anime form. Because it came out afterwards. Either way, Anno did something to like (laughs) – they're they're linked – yeah. Anno did Anno. Yeah, it was And then he stupid. also did the script for Takashi Miike's Terraformers from 2016. Oh, nice. So he he's worked on a lot of – a decent amount of tokusatsu. And one thing I wanted to point out um, as we're talking about like all the connections and links here, I'm just going to go out and say this. The story for Ashura reminded me a lot of Devil Man. Which makes sense because I actually found out that uh, Nakashima grew up in the 70s when Devilman was like first released. And that was like uh, one of his favorite manga. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, this is all coming full circle. circle I swear. This was it is. partially intentional on that end. But some of these are just complete coincidence. Yeah, like, it's weird how, like, connected the last, like, three or four, <laughs> like, like, Ultraman to Devilman, not really connected, but Ultraman to Cutie Honey. We had a couple actors. <laughs> yeah, like, we, like we had a couple actors. actors. And then he was in Cutie Honey again. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, so, he wasn't like, in this one. Right. Because that would have been hilarious. It would have been. Uh but no, between Cutie Honey Devil Man, Shin Ultraman, and Ashura, like somehow we've been able to like connect all of this. Mm. It was very intentional, very, very. <laughs> you know, there's one though we weren't able to connect so far this year, and that's Godzilla vs. Kong, but that's because it's absolute garbage. Good, good. good. Keep it we away don't wanna, from everything else. We, yeah, yeah. So this just adds to the fact that it's so far detached from Tokusatsu that it shouldn't even be like in the same <laughs> galaxy. In the same universe. <laughs> oh, God. People are going to hate me for hating oh, on GVK wow. every episode. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But um, speaking of some of the cast and crew, while I was looking into this film, I realized the cast and crew of this movie is pretty well experienced all around. Yeah. I mean, the main actor, um, Ichikawa, yeah. he was the actor – in the in, play as well. Well, in the in the two thousands, right, right, right. The original was an actor named Arata Furuta, who was actually in Zebraman. Yes, this is true, and I'm pretty sure there was another actor. Uh, yes, in, in this film, who was yes. in Zebraman, Atsuo Watabe, yeah. whom I whom I know as being the the funny priest dad from Love Exposure. <laughs> 
so it's it's really weird like Ashura and I was listening or I was watching a, a I think it was the making of Ashura and one of the it was the main actor uh let's see is his name his last name's Ichikawa how do how do you pronounce uh, his first name I I call it Somegoro Somegoro Something Ichikawa like- yeah, uh, I mean, he has like she, a lot of different names, like Matsumoto Koshiro X, and um, oh, what was his real name? I had it written down somewhere. Um, Teramase Fujima is his real name. Okay, I'll just yeah. go with somebody Goro, somebody Goro, so yeah. somebody Goro Ichikawa. Uh, he actually was like he he talked about how. The reason why the film worked so well in production was because of how experienced, especially the director was in the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, like uh, when I first watched Ashura, it was like right after I'd watched On Meiji, another film that uh, is that from the, the direct- same director? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, hang on, what uh, you? Yojiro, how do you say his last name? Uh, Takeda. Takeda, yeah, he directed Ta- on Miyuji. Takita, yes. yeah. Uh, he directed both on Miyuji and on Miyuji Two. Okay. Um, so I'd watched the first one, and then like two weeks later, I watched Ashura, and I I said to myself, and I might have said this to you as well, I was like, they are weirdly similar in style. And like direction, and like they're they're both based in like Edo period Japan, and include like I mean, yokai. I think, and I think outside of the director, I think there were a couple crew members that also carried over. I don't remember who. Yes, uh, Yuta uh, Yuta Mora. Oh, oh, um, Morikaji, the action director. Yes, he did. Uh, he worked on Red Shadow. Onmayuji, Kashurn, Azumi, the uh, Ryue Kitamura. Yeah, uh, Battle film. Royale as well. Mm-hmm. Which was directed by... Uh, God, his uh, name Kinji was Fukusaku. Who did, like, Green Slime, Warning from Space. Uh, or not, Warning from Space. Warning from... Uh, message from Space. Battles of... Uh, battles Without Honor and Humanity as well. Uh, virus. Um, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, and then you had, let me see here. I have, I have a lot of notes here on these, on people who worked on. Oh yeah. I had a couple myself. (laughs) Um, it honestly, it looks like he was the other one that like carried over. Like that was a bigger name, the art director. Um, Um, Yuji Hayashida. Oh, not him. Not him. Sorry. Well, he was a—he's an experienced um, art director. Um, he is, and more than just art, like he has a huge resume of. Pro- he has a producer credit and ton of production design credits. Oh yeah, I mean he—I mean he won a, a Japanese Academy Award for art direction in Takashi Miike's Thirteen Assassins. Mm-hmm. Also worked on Kitamura's Azumi. Also worked on Kassan. Gamera the Brave, Yadaman, Shin Godzilla, and Shin Ultraman as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Gamera, we got Tomoro Tomo Hadaguchi doing yes! special effects, who was the monster designer for the Heisei Gamera series. 
and he directed uh, Kibakichi 1 and 2. Def Kappa. Def Kappa. Uh, he worked on Ring Zero. There we go. Yes. We got Ring in yes. this. Damn it, you beat me to it. And he also directed Mika Droid, Robokill Underneath Disco Club Layla from 1991, which was the first film Shinji Higuchi was special effects director on, which he would later go on to do the Gamera films that he worked on. Hmm. <laughs> it's all connected. It's all connected. Well, speaking of connections, we got the costume designed by Dango Takada, who did Panfaclaw in Cutie Honey. Ah, <laughs> oh, the links just keep coming. <laughs> um, uh, he... I want to say it's a he, um, I could be wrong, did costume design for Hokkaido, Mothra Free, Kamen Rider the First, Goro, and um, various other Kamen Rider um, features. I noticed Kamen Rider Fi's Paradise Lost movie came up, which would have been around the same time as Ashura, and when I when I saw that, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this looks like some of the costume design from that movie. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we also have Yokojiro Hotaru. Who... Yes. The legend himself. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm surprised you didn't mention how Yuji Hayashida produced Garo Red Requiem. Yuji Hay... Wait, really? Yeah. Did I miss that? You oh, did, God. apparently, because I was doing God. research and he had a producer credit and it was on Garo Red Requiem. Huh. Good movie. He also worked on Gamma the Brave. I don't know if you mentioned that one. I did mention that. I did. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wasn't missing that. I love, I love the Brave. And, I mean, if we want to link it to Godzilla Zero, he also worked on Parasite Part 1 and 2, directed by... Ah, he did. Takashi Yamazaki, who is working on the new Godzilla movie. Mm. I wonder if Hayashida will be involved. I, I actually, I was, I, was th- I was thinking about that. I was like, hmm, that might be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Hayashida also worked on Love, Death... Uh, and Alive, oh, nice. both Kitamura films, along with oh. uh, Aragami. So he's he's worked with uh, Kitamura a lot as well. Hmm. I mean, a decent amount of the crew, from what I could tell, worked with Kitamura at least at some point. Yeah, to to say that this this casting crew wasn't experienced is mm. is kind of crazy. Like mm. everybody clearly. Uh, knew, knew knew what, what they, they were, were doing. doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, whether or not and that translates well, we'll we'll talk about. Um, mm. I'm curious to see what you think. <laughs> I likewise way, from the way you're wording this. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to keep it ambiguous. But uh, going, I'm going to kind of try and transition here. Um, yeah. we, we were talking about Kazuki uh, Nakashima, how he was the playwright for the the, the original play. Mm-hmm. This um, is our third movie in a row that is an adaption, by the way, of like, yes. another media. The, yes, and but this is the first play that we have covered. Mm. Adaption of a play. The other two were anime and manga. He wanted to work on the screenplay and story, but he didn't have the time to do both, and he didn't want to go halvesies. 
So he ended up just leaving the film's writing in the hands of the screenwriter. Okay. Um, which led to the film being different from the play, but mm-hmm. also being somewhat uh, like true to the original. And the way that director... Uh, Yojiro uh, Takita... Takita, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he viewed it as kind of like because there are two different mediums and they had a difficult time adapting from the stage play to film, which makes mm-hmm. sense when when you look into. I mean, would you do you want to get into like the technicalities between stage play and like film? Sure, feel free to go ahead. <laughs> so I. Uh, I have a, a little bit of experience in stage plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on a few plays and I worked with two directors that have done multiple plays. So I talked to them in great detail about this and I've worked on some short films and I've talked to directors and, you know, I've basically made my whole life about films, So I can know a lot <laughs> about the film side as well. Um, the interesting thing about stage plays is it's more self-aware than film. Film does try to play the illusion of this is really happening. Yeah. Whereas stage plays are, are aware, like, you can't do that. Oh, particularly Kabuki, um, mm-hmm. which is very well known for being very exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more stylized. It's more of a, it's a performance. It it's something to go and be entertained by, not immersed in like a film would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, speaking as somebody who has acted in a stage play, you are supposed to be very because you you can't do the subtle like emotional things. Because yeah. people won't see that. Yeah. So you have to be big and bombastic. And a lot of actors who work on stage plays have that difficulty transitioning into film because of that. They don't they can't transition to the subtlety because they are trained to be very exaggerated. Yeah. Whether it's their projection or their motions or just their reactions. Everything is over exaggerated mm. which interestingly enough you find in a lot of japanese films you find over exaggerated acting which yeah. is not a flaw but that is the style that is what creates japanese acting and that goes back to like you said rex kabuki plays yeah i mean the there's birth... like over 400 years of history in kabuki <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you trace even just if we're if we're ignoring the genre like Japanese cinema in general, if we look at just the genre of tokusatsu, that goes straight to kabuki. Like, oh, definitely. That there's you cannot talk about the history of tokusatsu without addressing kabuki plays because kabuki plays is the birth of that, and we even see kind of an idea of that in. Uh, Ashura during a sequence where our main character is performing and a giant toad 
comes busting out of the wall with him writing it and smoke is billowing from the mouth and like it just it's it kabuki is a very important aspect of of japanese theater whether it's cinematic or stage oh definitely so the team behind Ashura had a difficult time trying to translate that without either being not true to the original or being too true and not being cinematic enough. So that was the hardest challenge they had, especially since they didn't have the original playwriter. Mm. But with the, with them working with like Ichikawa, he actually directed the kabuki scenes himself because he is a actor in stage plays. He knew how to do that. Yeah. He was the one that ended up directing those scenes. Um, mm. They wanted to they, they wanted to try and find a nice medium. And the way the director ended up going about it was just the idea of, okay, this is the this is the stage play version, and this is how the film version would play with this story. Mm-hmm. And so they, they came up with the story that ended up being Ashura. Okay. Hmm. Do, you, do you know in what way specifically this story sort of deviated? Or I tried to do some research into that. I tried to see if I could locate info about the stage play. But every time I looked up Ashura and like the the titles of like what the play was, it just would come up with the film. Mm. And I ran out of time to dive too much further into it. The closest I got was finding a way to purchase a live recording of it. Okay. So so I guess we're both in more or less the same situation. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I wanted to really find out more about the the play itself, but mm. Oh, well, I mean, for for what it's worth, I think compared to something like Devilman, um, this is a an adaptation of a story that actually does make me interested in maybe checking out the Kabuki plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even in some moments in the film, it definitely feels like a play, which I yeah. appreciated. Um, I mean, I, I definitely noticed a lot of the, like, some some exaggerated visuals um, and just direction at certain points. Right. And it's even structured. The... Hmm? Go ahead. I was just going to say, particularly given, you know, the main actor is a kabuki actor, you can definitely tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that works to the, works to his favor, honestly, in the performance. Absolutely. And it it helps it it follow it flows with the story, and that's something I appreciate too. Because this film is structured like a play. It is obvious where the intermission is, and this is kind of a, I'm going to try and segue here into just talking about it because this film has a perfectly like. It's two hours long, roughly, and at the hour mark is when it establishes Act Two. It's a two-act movie. Yeah. 
and I could 110% tell when the intermission in air quotes was to where the second act started. Mm. So if you want to, we can go ahead and just dive in talking about what I would define as act one, which is the first hour. Feel free. Let's go ahead. (laughs) So right away, we're pretty much introduced to the world, which the world reminded me a lot of devil man, which is where I started seeing those connections. And when I learned that the playwright was inspired by go Nagai, I was like, okay, so this, this makes sense. Mm, The dots Uh, are lining up. mm -hmm. We're following demon wardens is what the English dub calls them. The subtitles I watched called them that as well. And they are essentially, they're like a garrison of demon hunters that ah, that's go right. yeah this this part they reminded me a lot of devil man actually now that you mentioned it yeah <laughs> they yeah. reminded me a lot of like the demon hunting core from devil man yes <laughs> so they go around into towns and ravage it and kill anybody that's a demon or anyone even mildly suspected of it yes immediately i was like oh my god like (laughs) this feels like devil man but more visually interesting because the sets in this are really really detailed detailed yes (laughs) it and they when when they were doing the sets they wanted to go for an Edo look but they Mm. also wanted to traditionally in in most uh Cult, pop culture, Ido is over-exaggerated, yeah. and they wanted to try and dial that back a bit, kind of show the dirty, dingy side of Ido. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like the Guillermo del Toro uh, situation with Pacific Rim compared to Travis DeKnight's uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Like, that grunge just adds a level of detail that is just so beautiful. Like it, it, it creates, it immerses you in the world. Like it feels like this could happen, which for a film that tries to be a little more like a stage play, it helps. That's, that's actually an interesting comparison. I didn't, I didn't think of that, but now that you mention it, the, a lot of the production design, particularly for like some of the sets, uh, like the town sets near the beginning of the film, um, like the one that the demon wore to raid kind of does remind me of some del Toro flicks like Pacific Rim, but also like his Hellboy films as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. So like, it just, it helps. It's the film is already going to have a difficulty creating this reality for its audience because yeah. of the style they're going for and the story. But because of that, attention to detail in the sets it's easier to believe that this world exists yeah Mm. which i think is a huge win for this film yeah um and here so we're introduced to the demon wards that we've got the leader um the lieutenant and then we've got his um what do you call him? 
his main lackey. Um, <laughs> the word's escaping me. The, the way I view it is like you have the hot dude, the old dude, and the dude that looks like a wolf. Like, that's kind of how <laughs> I like classified them because uh, his name, oh, I got it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Jaku. Jaku. He reminds me of like, like I don't know. It's not the werewolf, but like his his hairstyle reminds me of a character I've seen before. Oh my god, his hairstyle! I I was not expecting to see Atura Watabe wearing that, but oh my god, I love it. <laughs> and I I love the character the the not the character design, but the cop. The costumes and the overall style of most of the human characters, I think, looks really good, and I think it fits. It it creates such an interesting character, like set of characters, which goes back to, I think, it goes back to, and and when I was watching the bonus features for the making of, they were talking a lot about Kashern, which is another adaptation. Of a, uh, I think it was an anime, and anime just and like the year prior, they had adapted it to a live action film. Which a lot of those, like the art director for Kashern, uh, Yuji Hayashida came and did uh, Ashura. Yeah, they all had been used to like these really intricate and detailed like costumes and and sets and all that stuff. And it really shines through with how each of these characters I think are designed. Um, Jakku especially is like a really memorable character for me because of how he looks Mm. and how he contrasts to mm. your main character. Yeah. I mean, coming off the costume designer of Garo, I'd expect no less. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, has really good costume design. Very memorable characters in that. <laughs> God, you got to show that Garo love somehow, right? I'm, I'm sorry, but it's true, I, and I think it's relevant here. <laughs> it is. It is a relevant excuse to talk Garo, and I'll take that any day of a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, through this the sequence, we end with our main character going into this uh, temple. And this little girl's like, kill me, kill me, you're a demon, I'm a demon, kill me. So he kills her, and he finds out that she was not a demon, she was a human. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of jumps. Yes, five years later. (laughs) And so this is where I got to... I gotta make a bit of a problem, like a complaint here. I'm not a huge fan of the time usage in this film. I, I'm not a fan of how time just kind of moves. Sometimes yeah. it feels like it jumps. Sometimes it feels like it lasts forever. I feel here it, it felt a bit off because at first I wasn't even sure if like that whole like sequence of him being in the demon ward was if that was actually meant to be real or if it was a dream right Uh, because like they say it was a dream but i guess it's just like him recounting the events Mm -hmm. that actually did happen Mm -hmm. um 
Like, I eventually figured it out, but it was a bit confusing at first. Yes. It, the way the film is written is... It's confusing until you watch the entire... Like, you have to watch the entire thing to fully understand. Mm-hmm. Which I I'd like, you know, that's that's not a problem. I'm just not a huge fan of how it flows. Mm-hmm. Because at some points it feels like you're moving really fast, especially in the second act. It, it Second acts of plays sometimes move really fast too. But the first act does feel like it, it moves very slowly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I felt the pacing in the first act didn't really bother me too much. I sort of was surprised at how slow the movie seemingly was going at a couple points but like i don't know it wasn't i didn't have too much of an issue for pacing all things considered i think my problem comes from the fact that not a lot happens like if we're gonna look at it on the grand scheme of things not a lot happens in this movie mm. like there, there there is no subplots I, I guess. I mean, there's a little one with, like, the guy who's writing the story about them. This is true. But even then, his story is mostly just intertwined until the end. Gotta say, another Ring actor. <laughs> is he? Yeah, Ring 2. He's the doctor. Oh! You know the one that, like, did all the experiments on, like, um, Yoichi? Yes. With the water? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> It all comes back to Ring. But I can't remember. But, you know, it just... I don't know. For me, it just... It felt... It's obvious that it's just focusing on the love story. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have a problem with that, to be honest. (laughs) No. But I I definitely have a few jokes I'm going to make once we get to the end here. Um, I'm curious. (laughs) So... We jump five years ahead, and now our main character is a kabuki actor. And now we're introduced to our side characters that are just kind of the comedic relief, which is your theater group. Yeah, plus Yukijiro Hotaru. Of course. <laughs> Which it's hard to see that that's him. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize, realize it. it at first until I until I heard the voice and I'm like, wait a minute. And and then I, and then I paid attention. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is Hotaru. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could actually tell was the way he acted. Like when when he acted a certain way, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> him. Like that's that's such a Hotaru thing to do. <laughs> So we're introduced to the Kabuki thing and our side characters. And then from there, we get introduced to the love interest. Yes. In a kind of awkward sequence. I don't know. Just it feels. I think it's just the character doesn't. It feels weird to me myself. Um, The main character, the way he's cocky. There's something about it that feels weird to me. I don't know yeah, if you... Yeah, I sort of thought the main character was a bit weird at times. I, I think the performance by Ichikawa is good, but it's just like mm-hmm. the writing of the character is a bit strange. 
<laughs> yes. It's just it's it's uncanny. Maybe, maybe that comes down to the kabuki source material. I don't know, but for for the purposes of a film, it it, it felt a bit out of place. Um, mm-hmm. Also, was that woman he was with at the beginning his wife? I, I, or was that just like his assistant? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's obvious that she's no longer relevant by the end. Yeah. She's there at the beginning and just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wanted to point out, uh, I, 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 I skipped over some of my points here. The So at the beginning, we're also introduced to one of the main sets in the film, which yeah. is the entryway to the Demon Bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, have you seen Qui-Don? No, I have not. Okay. So that set specifically for the bridge is very similar to the part of Qui-Don where it is the musician who is taken to the supernatural world to perform for dead uh a dead family. Mm-hmm. It's it was really cool to see that, and I loved seeing that. Um, I, I I do wonder. I noticed that there was some influence by a Kaidan story. I'm curious if they did take any influence from Kaidan in the designing or the set uh, sets of Ashura, because Kaidan itself is also a film that's very much like a kabuki play it it at moments feels like a stage play hmm. i also w- when we talked about the demon wardens thing i probably should have brought up that the cgi looks awful <laughs> yeah yeah particularly in this scene i think it was most distracting since it's kind of presented before like the practical gore effects uh, right show up <laughs> so the CGI on the on the the demons is their eyes are green and like they have oh, green teeth. That. I, 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 yeah, it's, mm. it's like zebra man levels bad green. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's ugly and the deaths are horrible too with the green blood that's CGI. Mm. It and, looked fine when it was like practical blood, like later on in the sequence, but the CG blood was a bit of a no. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was it just me or was the pacing, like the fast paced fight choreography, it looked weird to me in that opening. I don't know. I, I was a bit distracted by, I think, some of the interlacing of the video where I'm like, the frame rate here looks a bit weird. But yes. That's probably just the DVD's uh, fault more than okay. the actual film itself, I think. Okay. That would explain that, because I, I was like, this looks really weird. Because I noticed that in a, in a couple of the fights. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was looking back, I noticed that it's just interlaced. So I'm, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to make the guess that might have something to do with it. Gotcha. So after the fight, we're getting back into to where we are, uh, meeting 
the love interest with our main character and the the hairpin. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I I just realized I completely skipped over like the way she's introduced. Like she's like this. She's a ninja. She's like a Robin Hood. Like it's established that they steal, but it's only when it's warranted. Mm-hmm. So like they're like a Japanese ninja Robin Hood. Yeah, and and then you get um, cameos from an acro- from a Japanese acrobatics group called the G Rockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, more demons happen. They're chasing our love interest. Um, right? Yeah, uh, no, wasn't it the townsfolk chasing her? And then at the end, it was the demon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, my train of thought just died. <laughs> Goofy art, Elijah, I swear. Um, so where are we? The demons. Um, and then she first meets, um, what's his name? Jaku in this sequence. Oh, I wanted to point something out. I'm pretty oh. sure all of the nighttime sequences are day for night. Are day for night, and it does not work. <laughs> it looks awful. Yeah, I, I, I definitely noticed it here. Didn't wasn't always the worst. I was more distracted by some of the green screening than the actual day for night. <laughs> um, so. There, there's a lot of compositing issues with this film. Mm. Yeah, and, particularly at the beginning of the film, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think I part think of it's a little better at, near the end, but I would agree with that. But part of it too is at the beginning, especially they were using utilizing four composites. They had the matte painting, the humans under motion capture. The miniature sets, and then a okay, masking it was, layer. Okay, it was the miniatures. I'm not crazy. Yes, <laughs> they they build miniature thought, sets. Because I thought the way it was framed looked like miniatures, and I mm-hmm. thought they were composited in. I'm I'm not crazy. Good. In the visual effects bonus feature I watched, they had a section about how they talked about using four composites to create the atmosphere and then he talked about how they had to like put a mask over specifically the sequence where this is shortly after uh jaku meets our love interest it's when our main character and our love interest are uh talking at like the lighthouse yeah that was a day for night shot so what they had to do is they had to put a mask over the actors faces both of them to like flatten out the the textures they also had to do that with the mountains and the like the coastline so like there was a lot of masking going on trying to alter the day for night yeah and it just it, it makes it look weird yeah there was a lot of masking going on and the masking did not work yeah to be fair for for 2005, it's not the worst I've seen. This isn't Devilman. <laughs> so for for a frame of reference, a recent frame of reference that, you know, 
as long as you're not Devilman, fine. I'm not going to harp on you too. Uh, as long as you're not Devilman, bad. Sorry, then I'm not going to harp on it too much. <laughs> I'm going to complain whenever I want to complain. Well, you're just pedantic. I am, but to not be pedantic, I love the director and the screenwriter, dude. <laughs> like I just love his whole thing. He is my favorite character out of all of them. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> How he tells his apprentices to go get eaten by demons so he can write about it. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a bit of a creepy person, but I'm also like, I, I you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do to get to get the shot. I feel like you were going to say something else there, but anyways. No, I was going to bring up something I recently did, but I didn't I don't think it would be appropriate to bring it up. Hold up. <laughs> um you know what I did. Hmm. Hmm. But the audience doesn't. Yes, but it's I don't know like for, if I should for, for all for all they know. You could, you could be doing exactly what Miss what Nobuyuki was doing. It wasn't exactly that. What do you mean by exactly? Well, there were clothing. There was clothes missing, <laughs> but it's okay because it wasn't anybody else. <laughs> so, for context, one, no, when no I was more context. No, no. Now I gotta, I gotta save myself before everybody freaks out. No more context because it's funnier to leave it without context. No, no, no. I, I don't, I don't want to get messages like, "What are you I, doing?" I don't care. You're going to get those messages, and it's going to be funny. No. So well, so you know, I, I, I vibe with the whole "you got to do what you got to do to get, get the shot, get the, get the story." that's like some like sitcom level stuff yeah it is Um, but i you gotta do it for for the film ftf Mm. (laughs) uh yeah no he was a funny character i i love that bit you mentioned of him just like telling his lackeys ah go get eaten by demons and then he would tell – and I love the fact that they included the fact that it used to be in Kabuki plays you couldn't have females on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the fact that the character just wore female clothing the entire time because they played the female character. Helps that they were Yukijiro Hotaru to be fair. Absolutely. It was perfect. And like how the director would almost tell – them to go get eaten or like go deal with demons and then at least in the dub it was no human they would spit me right back out like no i'm a waste of time <laughs> damn they didn't have that banter in the in the sub version i watched unfortunately there was a lot of banter and like comedic aspects that i feel like were in the dub that were not in the subs mm. from the dub it was more of a comedy with a lot of like ad-libbing mm. i'll say from the few clips i listened to the dubs it was it, it seemed quite comical 
And I'm sure the original is not that way. Yeah, there's comedy elements in it, but they're mm-hmm. mostly left to like Yukijiro Hotaru and like those, like the writer and his assistants. Because mm-hmm, they're clearly they're clearly the comedic relief of the film. Oh yeah, like even watching dubbed and like it being very comedic throughout, I could tell that those were supposed to be your comedic characters. You're yeah. like R two D two and C three PO of of the film. I mean, Ichikawa's character Izumo was also occasionally a bit comedic too. To be fair, and that goes back to the whole writing thing that we were talking about. How like his I don't know. I think it's just his character is so serious, but also un almost that there's like this just contrast between him and certain scenes. Right. He's very hot headed in certain po- at certain points. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And and for a hero, traditionally you don't have somebody that. Like, cocky? Yeah. Like, they can be a little cocky. Like, look at, uh, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. But, like, his character always seemed like he was the top dog. Like, he never was, like, concerned. Yeah. Granted, that's partly due to plot convenience, but I digress. Oh, wow. I I like the way I kind of write off plot convenience at this point is I was watching a Cinema Sins like Sins video and Cinema Sins was like the fact that this happened at this time and exactly at this moment for these people to do this like what are the odds of that like that is a 0.00001% chance so how did that happen Mm -hmm. and the rebuttal to that was this is a movie this is what would happen if that did happen. You just completely missed the point of cinema. Yeah. So now I don't I don't necessarily complain about plot convenience nearly as much because of that, because that, that is very true. It's mm-hmm. I, I think there's room to complain for it in cert- at certain points. Like mm-hmm. if a film's being overly contrived and it doesn't fit with film because like something like love exposure for example is like this would never happen in real life this is the most insane series of events this is the most insane love story you're ever gonna encounter but like it's so interesting you wouldn't want it any other way right it it helps add a level of theatrical pizzazz like it just it it adds a level of what's the term i'm looking for here style yes (laughs) a a type it adds style and it Mm -hmm. adds a uniqueness to it that you couldn't find in like real life and part of cinema is immersing yourself in a world that you can believe exists so Mm -hmm. the fact that these things happen you can believe yeah one thing that I was not surprised that I could believe was the turn of Jakku killing the men, the older uh, demon warden and turning to the dark side. Like I saw that coming a hundred million miles away. 
I mean, the costume design alone kind of implied that. <laughs> yes. And I, we haven't talked about much of the costumes, like for the demons that appear uh, with our villain character or any of the demon wardens, but I like them until it's a close-up shot. Um, What do you mean by that? So, like, they, I think they look good in most of it, but, like, the demons that are accompanying our main villain uh, character... Oh, what, like that, the ogres? Yes. Like, uh, they look cool until you get a close-up. And then when you get the yeah, close-up, it's like... I don't care oh. for the face makeup. I think, I think uh-uh. the rest of the costume looks fine. It's just the face makeup that I'm not a fan of. I agree. Also, low-key blackface. <laughs> Damn. I mean, it kind of, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know how to, how to react to that. Getting back on track here. Um, so the, so the, the story develops into Jakku, uh, wanting to find Ashura and become like the most powerful person on the planet, essentially. Yeah. So Jakku starts hunting down the love interest. We're introduced to the fact that our main character, he has been playing an act the whole time. He does remember everything. It just haunts him. Mm-hmm. I did think it was a little weird how everybody just kind of went along with it. I thought it was funny. I mean, it's funny, it's comedic, but it's also like, oh, I guess we're not doing to address the elephant in the room. All right. Um, So then the story kind of becomes this. It becomes this, and as quickly as it becomes this, it kind of goes away. The hunt for the love interest, Jakku ends up finding her. So does the main character, yeah. And they get taken to the evil lair, which at this point the film kind of turns for me because the evil lair looks awful. It is all like metal, but it looks like a lower budget like Tokusatsu show. Mm. Um and the first meeting entirely is awkward. I don't know, it just it feels awkward. It's it's the begin it's the end of the first act. I I think most of like the just the establishment of the love between Ashura and um um Izumo is a bit awkward. odd. <laughs> it's fine later on. It's just that be- that those sort of beginning bits. Yes, at first it's creepy, and then it gets yeah. awkward. The the only and... one I was sort of like kind of fine with was like probably the one like when she goes to the actual play area that he's like practicing in because i mm-hmm. thought that that was funny plus it's plus it's got a decent bit of tension with jakku and the other yes. soldiers chasing her yes i would agree with that that in the end at the end i think it makes sense mm-hmm. but yeah the the whole interaction with the villains and the heroes is I don't know. It just it felt weird. It was obvious the conclusion of the first act getting us into the second act, mm-hmm. which I don't know. It just it didn't feel right. There was something about it that was either I not like 
climactic enough or it was too late in the film or it was too early. Hmm. It just nothing paid off except for the fact that the love interest and our main character ended up getting together. Hmm. But even then it was kind of forced because they're like, find them a place. <laughs> and like, it, it's, it, it's weird. It's weird. They're put into the situation where like, that's clearly the thing everybody's planning on happening. Hmm. Am I being too vague? I I I, I don't know. Some I somewhat agree with you. I, I I somewhat don't. I don't know. I I didn't really have. I I agree with like the awkwardness, um, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know how to really respond to that. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Just leading into the the love scene, it just. <sighs> I don't know. Something about it just didn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the fight with Jakku just felt anti It feels like it's the climax. Yeah. But it ends up not it, being... It it, ends, I'll agree the end to that was a bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, especially with like Nobuyuki just showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For like, what was it? Just because he wanted to see how the story would end and all that. Yes, I'm like that. That was probably like I'm like okay, that's a bit contrived. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like it should have been the beginning of the end, but it's not. It's the end of Act One, which is how I realized that it's a two act story. Yeah. Because it, it's the climax of the first act. It has no resolution, though, because it's the first act. But mm-hmm. in film form, that feels a lot different. It concludes with the love scene. And then following that is a lead-in into the second act, which is her repeating... Uh, what is it she repeats? What, the... Um... The vision or like the so, song she the, the the not the song, the um thing she was saying before when she was a child. So whenever the climax of the love scene happens, she starts chanting something. Yeah. And like what what was it she was saying? I'm trying to remember. Like I it heard like it a hundred spirits awaken within um yes. swallowing the world and all that. So that's the beginning of the second act, which is solely about our main character getting to her and saving her from being taken by Ashura. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole second act. And there's never a moment where it speeds up. It stays the same pace the entire time. Yeah. And perhaps that's why it ends up being so awkward for me is the pace of this film never changes. Hmm. After the know. beginning, it does not alter. I, don't know. I remember I remember at certain points I would look, during this like second act, I would look at the runtime and it'd be one time, and then like it'd feel like, oh, good 
has it got 20 minutes gone by? No, it's only been 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember noticing that a couple of times and being surprised. I, I don't know if it, if, if I want to complain about that necessarily, but just, just an anecdote. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, I think that's, and I don't know if it's a complaint or if it's just an observation for like why it feels weird to me. Because of that aspect, the fact that it it does feel like it doesn't alter its pace mm. for better I mean, or for worse. I mean, perhaps that could also come from the fact that you and I are not particularly experienced in, like, say, watching, like, say, kabuki plays and mm-hmm. two-act structured, you know, stories like this. Right. Could come down to that, honestly. So maybe, It very well could. Maybe that... Because I feel like the pacing of the film will be dictated largely from, you know, the source material, which is intended on being a stage play as well. Correct. I mean, Devilman was certainly affected by the fact that its story was a manga and it was trying to condense all that into two hours. So right. yeah, from there, from here, it's where... Um, Izumo and Tsubaki, the love interest, realize they are both that they've been calling themselves opposites, but <laughs> there's a little bit more to that than they realized before. Mm-hmm. Finding it that Tsubaki was the little girl that Izumo had killed. Correct. And then that's when the whole story kind of goes full circle. And I feel like we start to enter the epilogue. Of like the story, like the it, obviously it's the conclusion. Like it's now that we know what the story is, hmm. we were because after that she goes to the upside down castle. Yeah, Ashura takes over. Jakku is killed, which I felt was kind of pitiful. I felt yeah, his like death that. in this scene was anticlimactic. I would. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he's dead. Mm. Cool. God damn it, I wanted more Atsura Watabe. Yeah. Um, But luckily he comes back. Yes. So then, you know, she goes on the castle. All your villains go to the castle. Your main character is, like, beaten. But then he, like, powers up. (laughs) like i I don't know how to describe it like at one point he's like struggling to stand and then he's like i'm i'm good i'm good Mm. (laughs) like can you explain that like i don't know i I, Ah, I, he'll be fine it just happens walk it off so then our director comes in and he's like we we gotta go up there and i'm gonna follow you and then our main character is like, no, this is between me and her. And this is where it becomes a Titanic level love story. <laughs> like this is like the perfect Valentine's Day tokusatsu film. Mm. So then our main character goes to the castle. We get some amazing crane shots. There's some beautiful crane shots in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I think and I think some of the visuals when he's entering the um Entering the castle are really interesting too. Yes, like that whole like 
I don't know what, how do you describe it? Like there's all the stairs. It's some of it's them very are upside labyrinth. down. Yeah. Like all that sequence. I thought that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And the fight in the, the camera work there was really, really interesting. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a type of like location I've seen before, but typically you don't see it shot as well. I mm-hmm. find this was actually no, shot pretty well. It's obvious that they were trying to do something interesting, visually interesting. Yes. Whereas I think traditionally with your labyrinth esque like staircase system, it's like a still camera, and like people are just walking, and they just so happen to like be upside down or sideways or right side Mm -hmm. up or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes those types of locations are also just limited by the budgets of their films. Correct. Hell, Hellraiser 2 getting its budget slashed by the death of New Line Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, then it becomes like this journey of our main character just fighting fighting his way to get to his true love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get kind of a subversion of expectations uh the main character fights jakku jakku is about to win when ashura now makes it so our main character wins he she basically alters the game to the so that our main character can slice both the main demon villain and our and jakku yeah which I thought was interesting. Um, I mean, I didn't have really much in a, of an opinion. It's like, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> but it did lead into probably the best part of this film for me. Mm-hmm. And that is the final fight. So after we find out that the whole reason for it was so Jakku and the demon lady could die together... Uh, then our main character goes searching for Ashura, mm-hmm. finds her in her like chambers, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what you would call it. Uh, Ido is on fire, like the world's burning, and it's a love story of burning passion. Mm. And from there, we get a very theatrical fight between Ashura and our main character. Mm hmm. Once again, with excellent costume design. Um, this was definitely from the guy who did the Fives movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd have to see the dresses in that. I'll have to show you a picture. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Hikider a little bit. With uh, how uh, Hikider and... Uh, uh, oh god, what's his name? Michael? Michael? Michael. Michael, yes. And how Michael were, and like the whole, the, like the the room they were in, especially. Yeah, uh, it kind of reminded me of that that final Hikider fight. Mm. Um, and then it was very theatrical with how they were moving, um, even how it was framed a bit. Are we are we talking about Ashura or Hikida? Sorry, <laughs> Ashura. Okay. Okay. I mean, Hikider too, a little bit with kind of the stationary wide angles of and like the, just the, and all the red walls. 
Um, yeah. It was it was a very theatrical final fight, I thought, and I appreciated that. I thought that was really cool to have. Mm. Almost a like it it almost felt like they were dancing in a way. Yeah. It was a very well choreographed fight. Mm. It was very it was I for lack of a better term, I'm just gonna say it was a very beautiful fight. I mean, I'm sure that was the intention, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would it would fall into the whole idea of it being like two people who love each other so dearly, bound by fate. <laughs> and this is where, in my notes, I wrote the Twilight of Tokusatsu. <laughs> I was like, this is a love story better than Twilight. This is. <laughs> Ashura should become everybody's lo- like movie about love. You know, if it was easier to get a hold of. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the end of the fight, they both die. Um, and we cut to our director writing the story and a demon's helping him with the story. And I think the final... I. Th- I'm pretty sure the final things uh, said in the film are basically their love was eternity. Yeah, their love was eternal. So they're like, they will forever be bound no matter where they are. Mm. And that's the end of the film. And then we get a nice jazz song at the end that solidifies this as the perfect tokusatsu film to watch on Valentine's Day. Yes, it's even called Funny Valentine's. So, I don't know. It seems like you don't have really any strong opinions on this. No, I actually quite enjoyed this film. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I, I was very concerned if it would actually if it was actually going to be worth all this trouble. But you know, it may, I mean, it may not be quite as pleasant of a surprise to say Snake Girl and the Silverhead Witch, but I still enjoyed this a fair bit yeah it's it's definitely not a film that i think stands out um Hmm. in the grand scheme of like the tokusatsu i've watched i I don't i don't set ashura as i i don't think it's like one of the standout examples of tokusatsu i'll agree that i it's not some amazing film but it's not one that I wouldn't recommend, I'd say. It's one that I yeah. enjoy. Yeah. So, like, for me, watching it now, I understood, like, the kabuki part, a little bit of the yokai stuff. Um, now that I've watched a little more tokusatsu, especially stuff that's a little more like Ashura, mm-hmm. to me, like, I understood it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I understood the context, but I also liked the other films I've watched a little bit more. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't mind Ashura. I feel like it's a decent film. I feel like I don't, to me, it's a pretty middle of the road. There's not a ton of good stuff, but there's not a ton of bad stuff. It's a decent film. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But it definitely feels like it's a little too long. I feel like I'm saying that a lot. Like it's just 
you see, I wouldn't, I, I feel like it's, I'll agree it has pacing issues, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know what I'd really cut from the film. Yes, that is the issue. I don't know, maybe they could speed it up? Maybe. Like, I, I guess maybe you could, like, trim, like, a little bit of the scenes, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I agree with you, like, everything feels required to mm. understand the grand story. Mm. Yeah, there's not m- much filler in this, if any, really. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, I don't I don't know. I I I somewhat agree with you, I somewhat don't there. Yeah. Have we covered everything on the film yet or I feel like I don't know, it feels weird. I feel like we haven't covered everything. I mean, to be fair, we have come off just like some really long episodes as previously. <laughs> this is true. So maybe maybe we're just not used to you know Having a two-hour recording. Yeah. I mean, the editor in me doesn't mind. Yeah. Do you... (laughs) Was there anything, like, that you haven't mentioned? I feel like I've been talking a lot, so, like... I don't know. If there's anything. Again, I like the film. I just... I didn't have... I don't know. I don't know if I have a lot to say really about... About it, it's kind of one of those films that I watch. I like it. Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I won't. We'll have to just wait and see. I suppose. I don't uh-huh. know. I, I I honestly like. I feel like it is one of those films that I've watched it. Maybe if I want to get a point across that it's the Twilight of Tokusatsu, like I might watch it again, but. Besides that, I I don't see myself watching it again. I don't know. I mm, I don't know. I will say, what happened to that really complex sort of like hat thing Ashura was wearing on the poster that's not in the film? Because that looked really cool. <laughs> Great question. I don't know. Because I saw that, I'm like, that looks awesome. And I and I thought it was going to show up during the finale, and then it didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Now maybe, one, maybe it's in that 2015 remake. <laughs> maybe. One thing I will say, though, I did like the whole meta thing of, like, it was written as a playwright. Yeah. And then, you know, it's adapted from a play. So, like, the idea that it was a true story that somebody wrote and it turned mm. into a play. Yeah, and then and the then... main the main actor is a kabuki actor playing a character who was a kabuki actor. Yeah, I like that's pretty cool. I I like it when <laughs> films do stuff like that. But yeah, I I don't know. I I just it exists. It's neat. There's I'd rec- I, it's it's not something I wouldn't recommend like if someone like happened to mention it i'd be like yeah check it out you know mm-hmm. but I, and i don't want to go too far into other films because i think we have a valid reason to cover all the other films that we've mentioned but some of the other films that these people have worked on 
I would want to go back and watch more so than this one. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've got a very you know, experienced crew coming off like, hey, say, Gamera, Battle Royale, one, which is one of the most well-known Japanese films internationally. Kaida, mm-hmm. um, various rider shows, Garo, Shin Ultraman, etc. You know, frankly, the only thing here where I'm like, yeah, I'd recommend Ashura over this is probably like Rebirth of Mothra 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it's Rebirth of Mothra, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting trilogy. That'll be, that'll be an interesting, those will be interesting episodes. Yes, whenever, if we ever get to those. Uh, someday. Someday. Well, hey, I'll be fine if we skip two. We can't. We but can't skip two. I know, but I'll be fine if we did. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I I don't... I feel like I've said all I can say. I, I yeah. Really I feel like this is a, an episode where we haven't gone too deep into it, but there's also not... Like I feel like a lot There's of not this as much to go as deep in, especially with like, you know, not having much access to, say, the original story it's based on as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that comes to play a bit here. I agree, and at least for me, a lot of what I had to say was about the style. Yeah. I mean, like the style this, is probably the most noteworthy aspect yes. of the film. This this is a film where it's more style over substance. Yeah. Um, which I feel like a lot of our past films have been more substance than style because they couldn't do style. Um, I mean, Cutie Honey had a decent bit of style, I'd say, in it. It had Ano. It, it it was the Anoisms. Yeah. It's still a style. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> you, you seem like you, you don't want to give it that credit. I, I don't. I don't. I don't Anno shouldn't get credit for anything. Okay, Mr. Mister Anno hater. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say. Um, And I think the sole reason why like, I feel that way about Ashura is just... I found the style more interesting than anything the story had to present to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that, honestly. Like, I'm not I'm not much for a love story. There is a few Tokusatsu films that have a love story that I will rant and rave about. Um and I can't for, wait to cover those, but for me it depends on the love story. Cause I I I like a good love story it's just that not a lot of them are good enough to get me invested you know mm-hmm. and, and to this film's credit i think this this one had a decent love story i i think i got invested enough to actually care to see it to the end you know mm-hmm. i didn't not care like i did yeah. care and that's something like i like i don't it's not like one of those movies where i'm like oh my god I mm-hmm. wish that one of these people would just get hit by a bus so they could never be, live happily ever after. Like, this yes. I mean, Atsuro Watabe also made it very worth it for me, given he is having the time of his goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially in that scene where he's slaughtering demons. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so you know, I, I it's it's a fun movie in certain scenes, and it's it's got enough of a it's got enough substance to keep you invested. Yeah. So, you know, I I think I think that's really all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I really have anything else to say. I feel like it'd just be me reiterating the same points I've already made. Yeah. So, if you want to, we can go ahead and wrap things up here for this one. Alrighty. Um, Next episode, let me think here, is going to be... Wait, it is linked. Our next episode's linked to this one, too. Oh. <laughs> huh. Well, then, stay tuned for the next episode that is somehow still linked to Ashura, which is linked to all of the other films we've covered this year besides Godzilla vs. Kong. How do we keep this chain going? I honestly don't like I didn't put this much thought into this. <laughs> we just did something that looked good. Mm. <laughs> but after this next one, I think it's going to be a little different. Mm. I think the next film is certainly an interesting one. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. It's also one that I've never seen before. <laughs> oh, let's go. You're just learning all the new tokusatsu this year. Hmm. Well, well, with the current schedule, yeah, I will be. A lot of a lot of what we've got I haven't seen before. Well, that's good. Hmm. We'll have one fresh pair of eyes, one seasoned pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, <laughs> with that, we can go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, Rex, why don't you let the people know where they can find you at? Well, uh, as as you already know, I am Rex. You can find me on YouTube at Rexino, on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph, and on Instagram, Rex underscore Xeno. If you want to check out my writing, also go check out the Tokusatsu Network. And... As for me, you can find me on Twitter at ET13Productions, on Instagram at ET13Productions, or on YouTube at ET13Productions, where I will be posting. Right now I'm working on some projects. My short film is one of them. I also write for Kaiju Ramen Media. Let's see, the next issue is going to be issue 8, where I did an interview with somebody. Um, and I might have worked on more than just an interview uh, for that issue. So definitely oh. give that a, a, a check out. And yeah, so you can find me there or you can find my personals if you want to. I'm not going to tell you where to find those, but it's not that difficult. I don't I'm not private private. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the podcast, don't forget to rate us on iTunes that boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. We were review bombed a while back, and we haven't really bounced back from that. So if you guys could leave us a five-star review, that would be great. I feel like we're a little better than 3.1, just personally. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, kind of not really anymore. I'm using a MacBook Pro for the podcast. Anyway, you can tweet us and follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. 
If you don't have Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook with the same at handles. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, lucky you. You can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear. And another way you can review us is go to Spotify and leave us a review that way. That is a new feature they added, so definitely go and give us a review there if possible. We also Hmm. have a Teespring store. Eventually, we'll do something special with it. Um, But you can sport our awesome logo if you want to. At least one of our logos. There's like two or three there. If you'd like to chat with us one-on-one or chat with people that share interests like you, you can join our Discord server. Um, Let me see here what the most recent conversation was. I saw a notification, but I'm going to just double-check and see if my notifications are wrong. So it looks like the last conversation that really was discussed was how Yokojiro Hotaru is the greatest tokusatsu actor that ever lived. Because it's true. It is true. It is very true. But it's got a it's a great community full of great people, a lot of great conversations there. And if you want to, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload a video or go live now. We just did our first live stream on the YouTube channel. Uh, where me and Danny DeMana of the Godzilla Novelization Project just chilled for about five hours and just talked about whatever was on our minds. Um, It actually went over pretty well, and we're going to try and do them monthly. We're going to try and do a monthly live stream, and of course all of our episodes will be posted there. Bloopers go there, and uh, other minisodes will go there. We also have an interview with Mechagodzilla designer Jared Kurchevsky, probably butchered his name, on the channel as well. A huge thanks to Rex for editing all of these episodes. He does a great job and he works really hard. As mentioned, his links can be found in the description below. Yes, check the map. Along with Rex, we'd like to give a huge th- thanks and shout out to Danny DeMana of the Godzilla Novelization Project for his vocals on our theme song the Kaiju Conversation theme song, and Grattan Conwell from Giant Monster BS, the podcast, for composing the music for our theme song. Their links can be found in the description below. Please support them. And with that, I think that wraps things up here so we can go ahead and move on to the next the next film and the next topic. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. And as always... Please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye. We are set, we are in debt. There's nothing to sweat. Life's too short now, baby. Conversation. Not too big now, baby. Conversation. His name's Elijah, baby. And also Rex now, baby. We love those kaiju. And you will too now.